Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Today we see maybe the first time Peter, little faith, or as one pastor preached it in a sermon I heard years and years ago, maybe his nickname actually didn't mean the rock, but Rocky. Peter always seemed to be, in his exuberance, getting things just a little bit wrong. And now, today, we read a time he nails it. He gets it exactly right. He understands who Jesus is. Well, sort of. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's amazing how many people don't even get this much right. Peter nails it so good. One of the times in the Gospels that Jesus commends him mightily, says, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Gives him his nickname, gives him the king, keys of the kingdom of heaven, and to all that have that faith. And then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Oh, come on, Jesus, just what do you mean don't tell anybody? I thought our job, all of us, was to tell people about Jesus. And here Jesus is saying, don't tell anybody. He strictly charged them. What? does this mean? What is going on around here? The whole pastoral office is based on Jesus giving the keys to those who make this king confession. As our hymn said, the whole church is built on Christ and the right confession of Christ. But if you'll think about it, all through the Gospels, Jesus tells people from time to time, shh, don't say a word. Don't tell anybody about it. One of the times in Matthew 17, 9, after the transfiguration, also in Mark 9, 9, they come down, they... The three have this glorious vision of Jesus, and on the way down the mountain, he says, <coughs> Don't tell anyone until I'm raised from the dead. When he healed the deaf mute in Mark 7 36, he said, See to it that you don't tell anybody. After healing the lepers in 
Luke 5.14 and healing Jairus' daughter in Luke 8.56 and several other times Jesus says, don't you tell anybody. Just what do you mean, Jesus, don't tell anybody? Well, there's a couple of things going on, I think, here. One is a matter of timing that is very important before the message is spread abroad. Because as we'll see next week, I think, even though Jesus got it exactly right, right here, it's but moments later, he proves he doesn't understand at all what he's talking about. And there's a lot of people, even today, some of them preachers, some of them the reasons I don't watch TV preachers anymore. They know Jesus is Messiah. They'll even say he's son of God, and they don't have a clue what he's really all about. So let's talk about some of the ways people get it wrong and what he's all about. There's a lot of preachers who preach Jesus our example. Look at how Jesus did things. You need to act like Jesus. And some people think this is a great sermon, and I'm going to tell you it's a pitifully bad sermon. When I'm listening to a preacher for the first time, I'm, I'm listening for, for one thing. Is the sermon mostly about me, or is it mostly about Jesus? Because if it's what I shoulda, oughta, gotta, must, can, it's probably a lie. Because I maybe shoulda, oughta, gotta, according to the law, but I can't, not able, not even ready to start. Uh, we'll actually be talking about that some as we study Exodus in Sunday school, by the way, as it applies to Moses. Some people think Jesus is our example, and okay, we ought to try to be conformed to the image of Christ, or more rightly, let the Holy Spirit use his appointed means to conform us to the image of Christ. But if it's about what we do, we tend to mess it up completely even when we're right like Peter is just couldn't seem to get it nor the other disciples some preach that that Jesus makes it possible for us to get ourselves into heaven just to let you know I, I stopped doing Facebook I don't ever want to do social media again. If you're trying to contact me on Facebook, I'm not there. I'm not going to be. But I often had something come up on Facebook admonishing me to cling to Christ. 
I refuse to cling to Christ. I ask him to cling to me because he can get it right and I can't. We all get wrong ideas in our head about Jesus and who he is, even though we know he is the son of the living God. God himself, God the son become flesh as a matter of fact. We can understand that and still not get right what it's really all about. And yes, after we come to faith, good works should follow, but if you ask the question, are good works necessary to get into the kingdom of heaven, the answer is no. Good works necessarily follow salvation, but they are not at all a cause of it, except for the works Jesus has done, but at the time Peter made his confession, was going to do. Peter didn't really get it, even though he nailed it completely. Little faith. Rocky. He had a little faith with poor understanding at the moment. It was sufficient for him to be commended. And oh, how much that's like all of us. The one thing we're all really good at, like Peter, is getting it wrong. We often pat ourselves on the back for the good works we've done in the name of Jesus. I'm sure you've all done it, I've all done it, and then something usually knocks me off my high horse that I've built for myself. Here's the thing, it's gonna come up again and again now through the rest of the Gospels. It is the most amazing concept that has ever been presented on this earth. God the Son, the Son of the living God became flesh to serve us who should serve him. Peter hadn't gotten that straight yet. It's hard for us to understand. God came to serve us and oh, in what a strange way he served us, that there's no way Peter, the other disciples, or anyone else was going to truly understand it until it was done, until it was worked out, and we have a big advantage because we can look backwards in time and see how it worked. He lit the people of his time, and oh, by the way, us, do we really think we'd have done any better Desert him, his disciples did, every last one of them, except, well, John was there when he was crucified. He let us human beings mistreat him horribly, convict him in a kangaroo court, and hang him on a cross where he served us by giving his life for us. 
No, it wasn't time for Peter and the other disciples to be spreading the news yet because they couldn't possibly understand the good news. Oh, I will tell you again, I am so glad we have a crucifix over the altar. I wish every church in the country that claimed to be Christian had one. Uh, not even all Lutheran churches does. But when you look at the crucifix, think about how much God loved us who have done nothing to earn such love. Look at it and ponder how much he still loves us even though we seem to almost never get it right. I once had a man tell me that at the end of the day he knew he should confess his sins, but sometimes he couldn't think of one. And so I said, well, maybe you weren't paying close enough attention to catch yourself. Did you love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, and with all your mind today? He said, I think you've got me. And I said, I know, I got me too. Ponder how much he loves us. And if that doesn't make you bow in awe at his love for us, I don't know what will. But it's all about what he did not what we do. That's the difference between the law and the gospel. Amen. And now, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ keep our hearts and minds in the one true Christian faith to life everlasting. Amen.